Hi, listeners. Uh, this episode's going to be slightly different. Um, it's going to be a, a relatively brief uh, monologue from myself. Um, I guess, you know, brief comparatively to our normal two-hour dialogues. Um, so, we just decided to try something different. And, uh, you know, given the COVID circumstances, it saved us um, <laughs> breaking the law or uh, venturing out into the virtual world of Zoom and trying our luck at that. Um, but anyway, something we wanted to try for a while is just putting out some short monologues and seeing how they're received and just a chance to think through um, something that we've individually been stewing over. Um, so for myself, uh, a concept I'm going to speak about is the retreat to an inner citadel. So this is something that um, I've pulled from Isaiah Berlin. So he wrote about this in his really famous essay called Two Concepts of Liberty. Um, so again, it's a really influential essay, I think largely because, to my understanding at least, he was the first person to speak about liberty in, in this sense of being um, positive liberty and negative liberty. So this is sort of the framework that he describes in this essay where you've got positive freedoms and negative freedoms. So what he speaks about is a negative freedom being like the the absence of coercion and positive freedom like sort of being your own master or self-rule or self-mastery. Um, so just slightly different conceptions of that one term, liberty. Um, but I don't want to focus on that too much. Again, I'm, I want to talk about this concept of a retreat to an inner citadel that he uh, that he writes about in this essay, and this this was quite interesting. This stuck out to me for a few reasons because it um, it has a lot of I guess parallels with Buddhist philosophy and Stoicism and asceticism. Um, so that really stuck out to me. But also uh, one thing that came up was uh, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning that came up for me. Um, and then also I heard someone talking about how this can kind of be a tool that people use in like, I don't know, ruining games that people play for their own good. Um, yeah, so okay, let me just describe the retreat to an inner citadel. So basically this is when you have a want or a desire in the world. You know, maybe it's I want to be a CEO of X company. That's a want or a desire that I have personally. And then the way the world is structured or, um, you know, through my actions or other barriers or, you know, what I'm perhaps not willing to do, I'm not able to attain that desire. So therefore, this is where the concept comes in. I retreat to an inner citadel, which is like this this inner section of myself and create new rules and new desires and new wants that don't, um, that don't depend on external circumstances or potential external barriers. So this could be like, okay, instead of I want to be the uh, CEO of X company, you know, I want to feel self-worth in myself. So that is kind of one way that, uh, you could conceptualize the retreat to an inner citadel. Um, I'm going to 
bring up this word autonomy. And I think that'll probably illuminate this um, thought process for you, dear listener. Okay, probably just Lyndon. <laughs> um, okay, so autonomy was something that came up when I was thinking about this and doing some notes on this uh, little monologue. So the, the root of the word autonomy um, is actually, where are we? Okay, so auto, the root of that little part is self. Non nomus, so autonomous, nomus is law. So you've got auto, self, nomus, law, self-law. So to be autonomous, therefore, is to abide by a personal law. Because um, there seems to be this really, really fundamental drive towards freedom and autonomy. And so we, you know, self-determination theory, which I know that we have spoken about on the podcast before, self-determination theory... Um, yeah, it's a theory of uh, feeling like a determined and worse human being. Um, so that one of the aspects of self-determination theory is autonomy. And then I think it's competence and must, no, competence, connectedness, I think, is the other one. I should have made notes on that. Um, okay, so yeah, self-determination theory. Autonomy is one of the central tenets of self-determination theory. So autonomy, again, is self-law. So it's abiding by a personal law. It's freedom, essentially. And Jean-Jacques Rousseau uh, actually is also, he also said, freedom is obedience to a law which we prescribe to ourselves. And so this concept of autonomy and retreating to an inner citadel really, really speaks to that. So it's not like, it's not playing the rules of, it's not playing a game with rules set by someone else, i.e. like society and, you know, you've got other agents in the game that can, you know, stop you from winning that game. So in that example of the CEO, there's a pool of, you know, 10,000 potential candidates, um, you know, just at large, but like maybe 20 other people really pushing for this job. So those are external constraints that I can't really control necessarily. That's where I would like retreat to an inner citadel and just like create my own, create my own rules and create my own game where I can make the rules and make the laws so I can win at that game. So again, I mentioned Viktor Frankl. Like, like I do think this has negatives and positives to it. And I, I recognize that I personally often need to like put things in good or bad category which I, I do think is a fault in myself but I tend not to be able to help it <laughs> so Viktor Frankl's really um, incredible book Man's Search for Meaning where you know he speaks about being in um, the the camps uh, the concentration camps during the holocaust and uh, that is a tale of him going inside and literally being in the worst possible circumstances you could imagine but still finding meaning in his day-to-day -day existence um, and the I guess like the crux of that book is that's kind of how he survived because he didn't give up hope he found you know even when they were living off scraps they've got frostbite every day is literally hell there are people dying left right and center um, you know Viktor Frankl he was able to find meaning in that um, and again the crux of that book and his message is kind of like 
like I was speaking about the other day, like the ecstasy in the laundry, like you can find ecstasy in the laundry, no matter how bad it is. Um, and so that is kind of a retreat to an inner citadel. You know, he's in that circumstance, he's like in this really difficult and like quite horrible situation, obviously, but he's been able to create this own game with his own rules and his own law and be autonomous. Like that's such a crazy concept. Like in the concentration camps, he was autonomous. That That's pretty mind-blowing to think that um, because, you know, you're in a concentration camp and every single thing you do is uh, you're doing that at the hands of this tyrannical structure which is the nazis um but he was autonomous because he retreated to this inner citadel he created his he created his own game and played by his own rules and you know moved the goalposts so he was in vision of them so to speak um so that he could win that game that he was playing so i think i think this is where a retreat to an inner citadel can be a really like a powerful and positive tool to use because it kind of is like the word that's coming up for me is equanimous or equanimity. And that, that, that is a word that I guess describes like uh, inner peace regardless of external circumstances kind of thing um, or just being quite grounded and being not very reactive to your external stimuli and external circumstances. So when n- really negative things happen, you're, you're quite able to control that. Um, you know, when really positive things happen, you know, maybe you're, you're quite level-headed enough to realize that, you know, what comes up is going to come down. So you don't, you know, you don't let yourself get too high off that experience. Um, perhaps that's one way to conceptualize equanimity. Um, but also like stoicism comes up with this conversation uh, that is a very large part of uh, stoic philosophy is you know maintaining that inner equanimity while there's external circumstances that you can't control um, and so you know again I, I don't know exactly there's clearly good there's clearly benefits to using this concept of retreating to your inner citadel and I think there are also negative consequences of doing it or maybe circumstances where it's not so advantageous and you probably wouldn't want to be retreating to an inner citadel. One thing that I was thinking about was like, I don't actually know if society benefits too well from people doing this. Um, that's not to say not to do it. Like for Viktor Frankl in Auschwitz, like that is a coping mechanism and, he writes that he probably wouldn't have made it through unless he was able to find that inner peace and inner equanimity. However, I think for society at large, it doesn't necessarily benefit from everyone or a majority taking this approach. Uh, Cause I, I largely subscribe to this framework of tensions and society finding this balance and um this optimal state by people at the extremes pulling either end and then you've got like moderators in the middle um you know you've got conduits that are able to relay messages from extremes and anyway so i I don't know that society really benefits from a lot of people doing this uh retreat to the 
in a citadel. I think that it's probably advantageous for us to, um, you know, try and conceptualize reality and see reality as truthful as we can and then to deal with the parts that are perhaps like clearly not advantageous for us. And so the thing there is that like we are not all going to agree on which parts of society are not advantageous to us. For example, a lot of people do not think that capitalism is the the better system of um, or the better market system. A lot of people do not think that uh, a democracy is the better is the better politic to run in a society. Um, a lot of people don't think a meritocracy is good to run. And so again, like in all truths, there is that baggage of error, and in all error, there is a strand of truth. So you're going to have people advocating for either side of it and so that's where that tension comes in and then hopefully we're able to with those tensions come to some sort of um some sort of amicable or uh virtuous equilibrium for everybody um okay so yeah so i think all in all so I'm just looking at my notes. This is the problem with a with a monologue. Lyndon's not here to just fill the air while I uh, catch my thoughts. Um, okay, so I think I think an inner citadel is a useful concept to use at an individual level. However, I think at large, I don't know that it's the best thing for a majority of people to be able to be to do to you know just kind of say like fuck the rules i'm going to create my own rules my own game and win at that game um i think you know society like the economy and society and systems they are a social game that we're all playing essentially like status and values like these are these are social things these are these are common myths that we all agree upon and that's really the only reason they exist. Um, I know Yuval Noah Harari talks about money being this, I guess, like common social myth that we all agree upon and he uses a number of examples like an LLC, like a limited liabilities company, same deal. Um, you know, we talked about the other week status and and values and um, social virtue points being just this indication of shared value amongst a group of people so the point i'm getting at is that these things only exist in the sort of ether that a social group uh both creates facilitates and proliferates i guess um has that alliteration so yeah but i think i think once you have like a pretty good libertarian framework in place so i think like people should largely be able to do what they want right that is a that is a deep core value of mine um however that doesn't get you all the way to morality i think once you do have that system largely in place which i do think is the case in most weird societies so western educated industrialized rich and democratic societies you know australia new zealand um america the typical ones i think for the most part, most people have 
a lot of liberties. And libertarianism is quite clearly uh, a pretty central and abided by value in these weird societies. So I think that once you have that in place, the conversation needs to shift to how we can create better worlds and avoid worse versions of future worlds. Okay, so it that's where I'm getting at. Like it doesn't necessarily propel society forward to be retreating to your inner citadel and just playing your own game. Like we need to be figuring out, I believe at least, we need to be figuring out ways that we can um, play the game together and um, you know better better elevate and transcend um, the, these worst games that we play um, where we can you know try and bring both sides closer to this win-win situation um, or create you know use that tension to create something different altogether that is uh, I guess like amicable for both sides um Okay, 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 okay. I think that is all I want to say. Yeah, I think that's basically all I want to say. So, in summary, um, you know, I would recommend if you're interested, go read Two Concepts of Liberty by Isaiah Berlin. You can just find the essay online. It's, I don't know, I think it was like 20 or so pages. Um, It is really a phenomenal essay and uh, there's some, yeah, really... Uh, really mind-stimulating concepts in there, and uh, like the positive freedom and the negative freedom, and yeah, again, this this concept of the the retreat to the inner citadel. Um, you know, I'll finish on this. It's like it's a tool and it's a concept, and it's like any tool. You know, when when you have a brick, you can either break a window or build a house. Um, there are going to be contexts in which you want to break that window, and there are going to be contexts in which it is better to build that house. Um, so with all tools, we just need to figure out whether we are breaking the window or building a house and uh, which situation we need to do which in. Um, yeah, so if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Sorry for the <laughs> dead pauses, but um, that is the, the vice of the monologue. But hopefully you got some uh, some of the virtues out of the monologue. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.